Hi, I am Andrea, and this is Empowered by Darkness, a podcast for anyone seeking to dive deep into all parts of themselves, especially the darker ones, to become empowered by the integration of these into uncovering your unique expression and purpose. Here we shed light on the self-hatred, the resentment, the need for validation and saving, the fear of being loved, the illusion of power and damaging patterns, and many more topics that will challenge you to bloom wherever you are currently planted. Welcome to your life's work, take a seat, and let's get started. Hi, beautiful people tuning in to today's podcast episode. You are listening to the Empowered by Darkness podcast, and I am your host, Andrea. Today's episode will not disappoint, and that is because no matter where you are on this crazy, turbulent path of choosing yourself, choosing your personal development in all aspects of your life that feel the most relevant to your journey at this time. No matter if you are at the beginning, at the middle, there's really no end, (laughs) but if we wanted to follow that course of words, then it would be the end. Um, But no matter where you are, this is going to be an episode that you will want to take notes on, that you will want to bookmark, share with a friend, share with a family member if they have decided to embark on their own journey. And the reason why you will want to share it is because this is going to be perhaps one of the biggest lessons that everyone that begins a self-prioritizing path will have to learn sooner or later. And most of the time it happens sooner. Um, In my path, it happened quite early on, but it was the biggest catalyst for bettering myself in all departments of my life. And without further ado, I am rambling, 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 and I have not even shared the topic. The topic that we are going to be discussing today is that of solitude on the path to self-growth. And talking about how the journey back to the self, back to our core, can be initially a lonely one. And I get so passionate talking about this that I have already stumbled upon my words a couple times. So I promise I'm going to slow down and we are going to embark on this together. And I have a few talking points here that I have jotted down for the very reason that I get passionate and I don't want to skip over anything. So let's dive in. Oftentimes when we talk about loneliness, this loneliness that comes from choosing to be more mindful about our actions, the thoughts that we're having that are aligned with those actions, that loneliness that we choose because this episode is about purposefully choosing to be alone in order to dive in to what matters in our specific 
lives and the experiences that we have had in the past that we haven't looked at in a while but that are affecting our actions we choose loneliness because oftentimes it's the opposite of loneliness that we find ourselves in. We find that when we reach this moment of kind of a coming to, they call it coming to Jesus moment or coming to your knees moment where you know that a change has to occur in your life for you to finally feel like you have control because you kind of feel like you're being swept around by the currents of perhaps disillusionment, sadness, resentment, and before we pur purposefully choose to isolate ourselves to look at these currents and analyze what's causing them and how we can dive in and start shifting things around, before we choose that, we often have the opposite of that in our lives. We are surrounded by others whether in numbers or in the importance we give to the people that are in our lives. And by this, I mean, if you have a partner, perhaps before you choose to purposefully isolate, your partner is the center of your life. And for a lot of people nowadays that are in relationships, I see this often in my life and I see it in my friends' lives and in just people that I go to work with. I see that their partners are kind of like an extra limb in their extremities. They become a huge focus. And this isn't shaming the fact that a partner becomes an important part of your life because obviously they do. Oftentimes you move in with your partner, you share a bank account if you guys are married or you know, you share expenses, you share responsibilities, you share important life decisions. So this isn't shaming the fact that a partner becomes incredibly important to one's life, but rather it's hinting at the fact that when we come to this moment of feeling it deep inside that we have to isolate, we do so because we're feeling like a part of ourselves that really should belong to with us, meaning that it shouldn't be overextended to others so carelessly or so detrimentally to our mental health or to our inner peace, we are feeling that we are overextending and we need to return that energy, that attention back inward. So I found myself actually in this very exact dynamic before I engaged in my own journey of, of isolating and and this really kick-started my spiritual awakening and my decision to better myself in all aspects and that was because I was constantly surrounded by people and this was my decision you know I had friends that I surrounded myself with all of the time I had a close friend that I called a sister because I felt this very close just affinity to her and we would call all of the time. I would share very, I would kind of overshare intimate things with her and I had a partner at the time that was, we were seeing each other in like a casual manner but then there was always that pressure to turn things into an actual relationship and I mean this isn't to go into relationships but I was undergoing my own 
limiting beliefs and fears and insecurities around relationships at the time. So that was something that I was trying to avoid, turning things official because I was afraid for a myriad of reasons. But I wasn't choosing to distance myself from this person because he was a distraction in my life for more uncomfortable feelings and thoughts that were within that I didn't want to look at. And I've touched upon that before on this podcast, but what I mean to say is that I was constantly in social circles that were not serving me. In fact, what I was doing was through these social circles that were so distracting and felt like they were fulfilling in the sense that I was passionate about them because they were fun, they were pretty much distancing me from things in my life that were uncomfortable. I was inadvertently swimming laps around the core of this pain that I felt inside. Instead of diving into it, I was just pacing around it. And finding a way to face that discomfort was never something that I thought about. And a lot of us find ourselves in that situation. If you're listening and you're nodding along to the scenario of of having an abundance of people in your life, or perhaps it's just one person, perhaps it's a parent that you are extremely dedicated to and that consumes a lot of your time and consumes your thoughts and your emotions unhealthily. That can be your situation. It could be, like I said before, with a partner. It could be with a boss. You know, if you have a boss at work that you are pretty much doing everything for and and perhaps you're doing it subconsciously in the sense that you might think you go home and you detach from work but you're still thinking about what your boss said about the work that you did you're thinking about how you can continue to keep your place at work and it's it's this thing that follows you even when you're not in the physical environment where the person is present and a lot of us like I said find ourselves in those situations and the transition from being in this constant state of being surrounded and having stimuli around us, the transition to not having that stimuli and making the conscious choice to distance yourself from it, to cut out toxic connections, to reevaluate who is actually serving you in your life and who is noise, who is literally just creating noise in your life that is detracting you from diving deeper into who you want to be showing up as, what you want to be getting from life instead of what you have been receiving up to this point. And I know it sounds like I am being cold or I am being detached that I don't have emotions for the people that have been in my life because perhaps you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, Andrea, how am I supposed to cut off this friend that I've had for years without having remorse for doing so or without giving the importance that the time that we shared together deserves because we have gone through X, Y, and Z together. She helped me when I was undergoing this kind of difficulty in my life. I am not saying that you have to make these decisions from a place of I don't honor the purpose that you had in my life. I am telling you 
to make these choices because you are at a point in your life in which the person that you are asking about, that you're worried about cutting off, is no longer serving either of you. Because let's be real, if this person that you are, that came to your mind when I was talking about cutting away connections, if this person came to your mind, it was because their purpose in your life is being questioned at this time and there is a reason behind that. Oftentimes when we begin healing, when we begin introspection, we turn to our immediate connections to observe how they are impacting us. How they might have dealt, they might have, sorry, they might have led to the issues that you are having at this time. Perhaps you're really struggling with codependency. And codependency does not happen from only one side of the connection. It happens from two sides of the connection. And you just have to be completely honest with yourself and know that it's not about believing you're better than anyone else. But honoring the path you're on because it's about finding what resonates with what's making you feel good, feel at peace, feel closer to yourself in this instant. It's not about what did all of those things for you in the past or what's going to do those things for you in the future when you fix X, Y, and Z about the person that you're inquiring about. Because you cannot change someone's ability to impact your mental health, to impact your inner peace. That is not something that is your responsibility. Your only responsibility is with yourself. And there is no such thing as being ahead of anyone else or better than anyone else for the personal growth that you're doing because these concepts do not exist. Healing is not linear. Growth is not linear. Time is a construct. And what I mean by that is that our decision to be aware, to be introspective at any moment is what creates these shifts in our reality. And just as much as someone can be perceived to be ahead in life because they've amassed a certain level of spiritual growth, perhaps they have cut off toxic connections, they have leveled up in their confidence, or they have begun this like thriving business that they've always dreamed of, of having, just as much as someone can be perceived to have all of those things, something can happen in their life that challenges these internal foundations that really come to offset all of this advancement that you perceive they have done in comparison to you. And then we start perceiving the person as falling behind or losing their momentum when the reality is that they can be undergoing some needed transformation under the pressure of difficulty in their life. And that pressure and the exact time that it comes about in is unique to that individual's specific purpose in this life. There is no such thing as I'm comparing the fact that I am now in a space where I can cut off people that are no, no longer serving me to someone that is still engaging in these connections because they are not yet aware of the impact that it's having on them. You know, perhaps I have come about doing this sooner than them, but that doesn't say that I am better. That doesn't say that I am stating in any way that I am superior. We never do that. And I hope that you are not doing that if you're thinking about doing what I am going to be talking about in this podcast episode. Because when we do these things, we do them from a place of simply being with ourselves and being with our unique 
needs that we can finally attune to because we have chosen a path of growth and a path of introspection. When I chose this path for myself three years ago, I struggled a lot. First of all, to discern who I really wanted to distance myself from, but also to have the courage to be able to be alone without that person and trust that I would be okay. When I started this journey back in 2019, I knew intuitively who it was that I needed to say bye to. And those people were honestly aware of the impact that they were having in my life that was not for my highest good. And when I decided to place a boundary, they didn't really have much to say in order to advocate for returning because they were aware of the impact they were having. And you will find that when you decide to place boundaries, a lot of the individuals that you end up placing these boundaries with, they know whether they are doing you good or whether they are doing you more of a disservice in your growth and betterment. And obviously, you will not always get them to vocalize that because I never got until years later for these people to say that they were in the wrong for the things that they were doing in my life. But they respected my decision and even if they hadn't respected it, I think that after doing introspection through journaling, journaling really helped me clear my mind and ask myself why I was holding on to friendships and relationships. Why was I not able to conceive of myself being alone with my thoughts and with my feelings? And I feel very fortunate that at the time I had the strength to say, you know what, I have had enough of not being myself every time I am around this person and catering to their needs while disregarding my own. And as you're listening to this, you might be wondering, well, how do I know if I am disregarding my needs? Because a lot of individuals find themselves in a space in which they're not even aware that they are bypassing the things they want in order to satisfy another. And if you find yourself in that spot where you think, well, I have this gut feeling that this person is not really doing any good in my life, but hey, I have fun every time I'm with them. I feel like they have helped me with this in my life. And perhaps right now you have more reasons for why you want to keep them in your life instead of take them out of it. But you still have the gut feeling that they're not really serving you. If you find yourself in that contradiction, the best thing that you can do is turn within and do so perhaps like I did through journaling, through meditating. Meditation is something that takes a while to get into. So perhaps if you're new to spirituality, if you're new to self-development, that might not be an avenue that leads directly into a breakthrough. So I encourage you to search for help, to search for a therapist to search for a counselor, or even talk to someone that you trust. Talk to a family member, 
I was going to say talk to a friend, but if you're debating whether a friend is someone that you should keep in your life, you know, perhaps talk to someone that you really know that you can trust and that in the past has shown through actions that they have your best interest at heart. And those people exist. If you're thinking like, I, I feel like all of my friendships are shady or like I'm not really sure if, you know, I feel like I should cut them all off. Like what happens, Andrea, if I decide, hey, what if I want to cut everyone off? That's kind of a side note, but I kind of did that on my path because that was a gut feeling that I had a lot about a lot of people and it was hard to be alone for a while, but it needed to happen for me to turn inward in a way that was going to promote change externally. But like I said, I encourage you to talk to someone that you trust and to be open about the situation with them that you're debating, whether or not it's good for your mental health, for your well-being. And oftentimes people that look from an external point of view, they can more accurately judge a situation. But again, I always advocate for trusting your internal judgment. So if you can do journaling or any of these more, like you can look up, you know, ways to connect to yourself that will help you make the decision. But when I surrendered the relationships that I did in the past, I experienced guilt afterwards. Like I experienced that feeling of why do I think I am better than them? And I even told myself these things, even though I just told you a couple of minutes ago, that cutting off people doesn't say anything about our quality as human beings. And at the time, I think I thought about myself as I judged myself for thinking I was better because I had this idea of that society kind of promoted that if you cut off people, it makes you think that you're superior, it makes you selfish, and I subscribed to those feelings when I first did what I did. But after being alone for a while and healing, that idea changed. And your ego, which is just, you know, the, our individual sense of self and our perception of our identity, your ego is going to inevitably react to letting go of these connections, to isolating yourself. Because for a long time, I am sure that the connections in your life that you're debating whether or not to keep, I am sure that they have made up your identity to a certain extent, especially if those connections were a partnership or a very close friendship or a family member. Because when that something makes up our identity, we feel exposed and there's this period of confusion as to who we are beyond the existence of these people in our lives. And our ego, which is trying to protect us, it's trying to protect our sense of importance and our sense of safety and our perception of ourselves. It wants us to feel like we have control over who is there for us. For example, you might be thinking, well, if I let go of this person, what's going to happen when I go through this situation in my life? Who's going to be there for me? Am I going to be able to deal with it on my own? Or what's going to happen when another person sees that I am now single and, you know, I don't have anyone in my life? And are they going to think that I am, you know, less worthy because I don't have someone by my side? These kind of 
thoughts are natural to have when you let go of connections. Because connections to an external point of view, they say things about us. And that is just someone's projection of their understanding of relationships. But it inevitably influences how they read us, how they view us. And in the beginning, when we let go of these connections, these things can come to matter heavily for us. And it is just through time that we start letting go of those belief systems. And we start seeing that our ego will always want to keep us in victimhood. And pitying ourselves and regretting the things that we have done for our personal growth. But the ego, let me tell you a little secret, it does not like solitude. And you should know that from the onstart. If you choose solitude for personal betterment, the ego is not going to be happy with it in the start. And it's going to crave distraction like you had in the past. It's going to crave this feeling of constantly doing something and being distracted from feeling angry or feeling abandoned or feeling sorry for yourself, but you're most likely going to go through moments of feeling like you're the only one that is alone because I went through those moments. And to be honest, I've been on this path of solitude that I chose for almost four years now and I still get those moments every now and then where I feel like I'm the only one that's alone in this thing that I'm going through. And even when you are surrounded, you still get that feeling. But isn't it ironic how we still, either way, get that sensation? But it's natural to feel when you start letting go of connections that everybody else gets to live happily and have fun, but you don't. It feels like you have this weight over your shoulders and, and you may even feel like you're being punished for choosing to do this internal work. And this feeling can become intrusive through time. Like the longer you're alone, you can start feeling that really this is more of a punishment than a benefit to you. And as long as the resistance is there, the resistance to solitude because of what it can say about you to an outsider or what it says to you about your worth, because I have come to see that when you choose solitude, there is a tie to one's sense of worth connected to that solitude. Because you might have started this journey of, of being alone and choosing your introspection with the intention of getting someone from it on the other side or getting something. And what I mean by this is you might have chosen, and if you're listening to this, and if this is the reason why you want to begin this journey of introspection, I really encourage you to think about that again. And I, I started my journey with this intention in mind deep down at a subconscious level. I thought if I give myself the time to be alone, to be single, to be choosing like better friendships, I am going to place myself on this path where I can attract a man that is going to be more aligned with me and, and with my intention to grow. And deep down, that's the way that I felt. I felt, well, I'm going through this period of being alone in order to have this thing at the end of the tunnel, you know, this person at the end of, of the hardship that I'm going through facing very dark demons that I had of my personality, of my emotions. And that is 
a re that is what's the saying that's a recipe for disaster and for disappointment because if you go into loneliness with the intention of escaping that loneliness through someone else it's like it's defeating the purpose of why the loneliness is a tool for growth because it is a tool for growth and that if you connect deeply to yourself through this period of being with your thoughts with your emotions and everything else that might have been hidden before by others presence in your life there can actually be growth that stems from that there can be personal discovery of what moves you of what you want to do with your life of how you want to show up of parts of your personality that you actually want to start bringing forth of perhaps your new approach to love, your new approach to friendships. And all of this can be born from a period of solitude. But you have to have the right intentions for that period, for choosing to sit through the discomfort of that time, that you're not going to have someone that you can call, that you can text to come and save you from the feeling of being so uncomfortable because you, you, have you ever heard that saying where they say, like, facing yourself, facing your reflection in the mirror is harder than going through a million battles, like, a million battles of, you know, confronting someone, confronting a hard situation, like, someone would prefer to go through all of that difficulty instead of just looking in the mirror that's kind of what solitude is. Solitude is when you choose looking in the mirror instead of the million battles that can be going on with another person, with a group of people, with society, with your career, whatever you want to constantly be in battle with because you are trying so desperately to run away from your reflection. That's kind of the, the vibe of solitude and there's no way of sugarcoating that. And it is only through time that I think you start to realize that when you let go of connections and you do it from a place of resentment, because let's be real, in my path, I saw a lot of this when I would let go of someone, I would feel kind of like an F them mentality if I had really strong emotions towards the way they treated me, the way they manipulated the dynamic that we were in. If I felt that when I let go of them, I inevitably felt that sense of, I am better off than you at this point because of what I did. And I say this feeling some shame about it because looking back at that, we were both in our respective points in life where we both had our problems, me and the person that I let go of, and just as much as I had things to complain about them, they had things to complain about me, and only through time and introspection and solitude was I able to come to that conclusion. But I bring it up because it's natural to feel very strong emotions that aren't the most pleasant toward the people that we release. But when some time has passed, we start seeing that 
we can actually start holding love and understanding for the purpose that the people that we let go of served in our lives. Because every single person in our lives, no matter what they have done to us, no matter the degree of trauma that they might have inflicted in our journeys, and this might be controversial that I'm saying this, but I truly believe in it, the presence that they had, no matter how negative it was, it has served us in some capacity. And I believe this might be too woo-woo for my podcast because I usually don't bring a lot of my belief systems surrounding spirituality on here. But this is one thing that I thought was relevant to this discussion. And I'm going to bring it up. You can choose to take what I say with a grain of salt. But I believe in the concept of soul contracts. And you can read more about this. It's super interesting. But basically what the concept states is that people come into our lives for a reason. And there is no such judgment as wrong or right. It's just it needed to happen for it to be a catalyst for us realizing things about ourselves that we need for completing our purpose in this life. So for example, if someone came in and deeply hurt us, deeply hurt our self-esteem, hurt our self-worth, just completely shifted the way that we see ourselves and, and we feel just this deep resentment for the person because it's natural only because they shifted so much of what makes up who you are. And this actually happened to me with two people in my life. But when these people do these things, it's a catalyst for us realizing what we deserve, where we abandoned ourselves, and how easily it can be to be influenced in this life to believe that we don't have a say over the creation of our reality. I would have never understood the concept of abandoning yourself had I not been abandoned first by my father. And I mentioned this in my book. Um, if you're new to this podcast and you're listening to this episode and you're like, book? What do you mean by book? I published a book back in 2021. I think it was 2021. Either 2021 or 2022, where I talked about my childhood and the trauma that I underwent, and the book is called, um, I blanked out on the name, oh my gosh, um, I will link the book below, but the book is basically, the subtitle is A Journey to Interconnected Healing, and I remembered, it's called The Energized Self, A Journey to Interconnected Healing, and in the book, at the end of the book, I talk about how my father's abandonment taught me how to not abandon myself. And oftentimes, these people that we hold in our hearts with so much anger, so much misunderstanding about why they needed to just exist in our upbringings, exist in these pivotal moments in our lives, they were there to lead us somewhere. And... I would have never understood what I deserved from love had I not experienced what no one should get from love with a couple of different partners that I had. So this is all to say we let go of things with love and understanding once we have been alone with ourselves for enough time to see that 
we are the ones that hold responsibility for our lives. And that isn't to mean if you're listening right now that you're probably if you if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I haven't really been responsible for my life up to this point, Andrea. How can I start doing that? Responsibility is going to look different for everyone. And the way that you take it upon yourself to show up for you is by listening to you. And how do you listen to you? You tune out the noise. And if there's noise brought by people in your life, perhaps it is brought by commitments in your life that are no longer bringing anything to the way that you envision your life going in the next couple of years, even in the next months, if these commitments are not serving that vision, if they are keeping you stuck in an old paradigm of who you were when you were hurt by X, Y, and Z, when you were, when your self-esteem was damaged by this occurrence, if they are perpetuating the same hurt narrative about yourself, they need to go. They need to exit this current reality for you to be able to conceive of a different reality. And you don't have to be necessarily alone on this solitude expedition that you're beginning to improve. When I say choosing loneliness, I really mean for you to discern what that loneliness will look like for the path that you're currently on. Loneliness, like I said, can be loneliness from commitments that aren't serving you, from people that you're listening to that are taking away your energy, taking away your vitality, your inspiration, your desire for betterment. That can be choosing loneliness, detaching from the noise coming from them, even if it's not detaching from them. Though I will encourage that you place physical distance between you and the other person, especially if we're talking about more intimate relationships. It can be, if you're not yet ready to place that physical barrier, it can be seeking isolation from what they are saying, what they are feeding into your mind and your perception of things. But you don't have to be fully alone in the sense that when I began this journey of isolating from what wasn't serving me, I, for everything that I isolated myself from, I offset that with something that I brought into my life that could have come from a podcast like this one. For instance, starting to listen to a podcast that was talking about issues that on my path to growth I noticed that people around me weren't talking about them because they weren't perhaps on a path of their own or it was just topics that I'd never heard in my environment. So I would bring in those voices from podcasts. I would bring them in from motivational videos. I would bring them in from from a therapist. Like I started therapy in 2019. I would bring them in through religion, through God, through talking to God through journaling. I would bring in, to offset the loneliness, my own thoughts, my own feelings that I hadn't even realized I was storing inside of me because I never gave them an outlet. 
because I was giving so much of space and outlet room to these individuals that I cut off that weren't really appreciating the space that I was giving them to express themselves and to express their frustrations, their pain, their insecurities, their projections. I was giving them all this room that I was keeping from myself, that I was keeping from giving to what internally was seeking to be expressed. And once I cut those people off, I finally had space. Literally the amount of space that you have once you remove influences that are just taking up air without granting you the ability to actually breathe and and breathe calmly and peacefully and and purposefully you suddenly have space to just be and it can feel daunting at first when you have so much time because time is going to increase a lot once you cut off certain connections you're going to have more time and it's not a matter not a matter of wallowing in the fact that you have more time but you don't have anyone to fill it with because frankly when i cut off the people that i did from my life back in 2019 and i all of a sudden had all this free time my mind instantly went into shock and into thinking now what am i going to do with all of this time on my hands i should be going out with someone right now i should be texting them i should be calling them i should be facetiming them whatever but i don't have anyone because i've purposefully decided to get rid of their influence and now what do i do and it's a learning curve it's a process of coming into what now is the choice now is the choice of you finally have the freedom to decide what you are going to fill these slots of your perception with and at first it can be very daunting and scary but it is so freaking liberating once you lean into the discomfort and obviously when you choose to detach yourself from others people are still going to come into your life strangers are still going to show up through your job through whatever hobbies you do through walking down the street you know people will still try to make their presence be felt in your life and that's just natural it's going to happen but when you have already discerned to be more mindful about the way that you allow certain individuals into your space when you do that once it gives you the power and the confidence to do it twice and I really mean that. I don't just say that like superficially. Like I mean the fact that you all of a sudden have the ability to trust yourself in how you're about to let someone else in or perhaps keep them at arm's length and discern whether or not they are worthy of being let in to your inner circle, your inner space. So Actually, what ended up happening for me was that when I started this journey of introspection and isolation, I had people come in very briefly into my life. Usually they came in and I learned something from them, but they weren't really in my path for long. And it was kind of like this in and out flow of people because what I noticed about myself and 
I have heard from many other people that begin a journey like this one, I've heard them say the same thing. When you choose introspection and this solitude, this purposeful solitude, you start noticing that you change very rapidly the way that you think and the way that you view things. Like, I recall that I had, like, two friends that I still kept talking to after I decided to do this massive clear out of people in my life. And I remember conversations I would have with them, how I would be talking to them for, I wouldn't be talking to them for like a week. And then the next time we chatted, they would always point out, you seem so different from last time. Like, it seems like you're, you've gone through something during the time that we hadn't spoken and like, you changed quite a bit. And I didn't perceive that about myself, but people around me did. And I started like questioning, why is this happening now? Like before I did this clear out in my life of individuals, I had the sense that I was stagnant and that I wasn't really shifting my way of viewing things. I wouldn't, I wasn't shifting my belief systems. And when I decided that on that purposeful solitude, I had all the time in the world to actually look at the belief systems that I had, look at the limiting narratives, look at the fears, look at the worries that I carried, and I had all this time to read and to inform myself about spirituality and topics that were gaining my attention at the time. And inevitably, the conversations that I joined in, the way that I joined those conversations, started to shift because the intake of information for me was now much greater and it was information that I was seeking for my improvement and my intellectual growth that other people inevitably noticed. I was showing up differently and you are probably going to experience something very similar and that is so beautiful. I find that we are so multifaceted and we shift all of the time and honestly I have fallen in love with shifting in the sense that I don't feel tied to any one identity, to any one version of me or projection of me someone might have had from last week or a month ago. I honor the changes happening inside of me, like the ebbs and flows of tides, the way that they don't have a predictable, perceivable change. It's just kind of happening according to their nature and the things that are resonating with them. And it's the same for us. For human beings to shift can be scary. It can be scary for the person going through the change and for those that are part of that person's life. Because we love to know what's going to happen. We love to know what we can expect from someone. But I believe that love the kind of love that I want to have for someone and the kind of love that I want someone to have for me will always honor the changes that come authentically from within and through the path of choosing one's healing because that's the most beautiful thing you can choose in this life, I believe. And nothing bad can be born from that, from choosing your healing. And if someone can't respect that because they're too attached to a version of myself that I was a week ago, and now they're thinking, I don't know this person anymore, now they're a threat to me in some way, that person doesn't really have love for me in the way that I want them to. And frankly, I used to ask myself all the time when I first began this 
purposeful isolation. I used to ask myself if I was actually changing for the better. And I have journal entries that I look back on that I literally posed that question to the universe, to God, whoever I was speaking to at the time that I felt inclined to let out all of these emotions that were going on within. I would wonder if I was really changing for the better because this time of isolation felt like I'd come into a type of room that was filled with mirrors similar to mirrors that you find in a fair. I don't know if you've ever been to the fair and you go into those houses that have like a million mirrors and you have to find your way out of, it's kind of like a little maze, you have to find your way out of it, but you only keep seeing your reflection and you don't know if there is an actual path. So I kept confronting these metaphorical mirrors that were reflecting back to me everything about myself that I had been too busy to notice that was hurting before. So yes, it at first felt as though I was taking a step back instead of forward because when you have been so distracted by external influences, there is no space, there is no time to be able to notice where there's deep hurt inside, where there is still decades-old grief that's happening that you haven't processed or even looked at. So obviously these things would come up and I encourage you, if you take one thing from the episode, please, if you choose this path of, of isolating yourself, please start a journal. No matter how often you write on that journal, of course I would encourage you to do it more often than not, but please just start some kind of documentation, even if it's like voice diary on your phone. There's an app called Voice Diary where you can talk into the app each day and document, you know, how you're feeling, what's going on inside. And one day, which is not going to be too far from the day that you choose this change for yourself, one day you're going to be reading back on these entries and you're going to be shocked at the level of comfort that you have now found with being alone with your thoughts and with your feelings and it might seem like an impossibility from the start but trust me it does get easier and you feel such satisfaction at seeing that you made that decision for yourself you didn't make it for the partner that you're letting go of you didn't make it for perhaps a career that you're striving for or a person that you want to call into your life. You didn't make it for anyone or anything other than you. And being alone, though it may not seem like it at first, is actually a huge blessing because even though there might be nothing more that you want than deep, intimate connections with others because that's what you see around you and you see people that seem to have this overwhelming joy and just have their life together because they're constantly surrounded by other people, even though you might think that is the avenue for joy, for peace, for vitality, for vibrancy in your life, you never know how lonely the people that are in those connections might be feeling, how lost they might be finding themselves in this moment, how confused and depressed they might even be because you have no idea what's going on within them, but you have an idea what's going on within you, and that is why you must listen to that inner voice. Instead of all the crap that's going on around, 
because the most important connection you must make is the one that you have with yourself and the one that you have with life. And you make that connection through a path that is solid, solitary at first. And it's about letting go of the attachment that you might have to how things need to be in your life or how you want them to unfold. When I first started this path, I had an idea of how I wanted my chosen solitude to go. I thought, you know what, I'm going to be single, I'm going to choose to be like kind of distance from my friends for a while and what's going to come out of this is going to be this wonderful person that's going to come into my life and I'm going to be able to share all of this discomfort that's coming up for me with them and they're going to help me navigate it and guess what happened? My mom got ill a couple of months into choosing solitude and that was the biggest test from the universe that if I was really going to choose this path, I would have to stick with it despite moments that were those kinds of instances of coming to your knees and wanting so desperately to have someone to hold you, to ease the feeling of of being mad at life, of being mad at yourself for not being able to be enough. Just all of these ugly feelings coming up inside there, there was this pressing need inside of me as my mom was going through chemo that I wanted someone to be there. I wanted a relationship. I wanted all of it. And I had this idea of how it would come in. But it, it took a lot out of me to be able to go through it by myself. But it took also, and it brought back to me the biggest sense of inner strength and inner resilience that I never knew that I could hold. And it's not saying, and I've said this before, this is not to say don't ever reach out for help, don't ever reach out for assistance and support. Do it if you must, but do it with discernment discernment for who you let into your life. Because this isn't the year and it's never been the year, but especially don't make this the year where you search for someone that is going to come in and is going to overstay their stay and is going to take so much away from you that you're going to struggle for the longest time to be able to bring back and to feel that you can actually be there for yourself. Because some people take that from you and that's probably the most painful thing someone can take. That feeling that you have the ability to be there for yourself and to actually hold yourself through some of the hardest moments of life. Because some people do that. They take away the trust that you have in your own inner strength and it takes years for some women and some men to rebuild that trust in their inner ability to carry themselves through. Okay, the desire for a partner can creep up during this path. The desire for a friendship can also creep up and present itself as a solution to our solitude and our feeling of emptiness. And when this does inevitably arise, we have to ask ourselves the question, what part of me is desiring this? That question, please write it down right now if you have your notes app on your phone, if you have a journal next to you, write it down because that question is going to inform so many of the decisions that you make and it's going to help you look deeper into them. What part of me is desiring this partner to show up, this friendship to show up, this savior 
because that's really what we are making them out to be, the savior to come into my life. And answering that question candidly, intuitively, will show you that most of the time the reason that you want that, the part of you that wants it, is the part of you that most needs you to be there. Okay, the ego, let's go back to the ego because it's always there, is going to try to fix itself back to the former life that we had, where we at least had something. Even though it wasn't making us happy, even though it was bringing us more misery than we actually dared to admit, we once held passion for something, we once held this sensation that we can come to miss when we are choosing solitude. And the truth is that what's left behind is often what we see all around us. People that are using things like alcohol, drugs, getting lost in TV and social media, having meaningless sex with people they don't even like, to feel like they're going somewhere, to feel like they're found in the middle of whatever smoke that's suffocating their internal world, because there's a lot there that hasn't been met by them in a while. And so the people, the influences, the substances that they are putting in to their existence is doing this artificial meeting of all the parts in them that are hurting, this artificial holding space for that is really, I say, quote-unquote, artificial, because it's only bringing them deeper into frustration, hurt, disappointment, insecurity, feelings of unworthiness. Whoa, I just realized this episode got really real because this is as real as it gets. Like, I know that it seems like this cycle that you can't escape. Like, you're probably wondering, Andrea, how can I have one thing without it taking away another thing? For instance, how can I have you know, this freedom that comes from embracing solitude without feeling this deep sense of, of loneliness, of emptiness, of frustration. And you might be thinking there's a trade-off to everything. There's something that you have to give off. Something, sorry, something that you have to give away to get something that you desire. But if you view loneliness in that way from the onstart, that is the wrong way of viewing it. Because loneliness is not a punishment. Frankly, when you are in a state of loneliness, you are reaping all of the rewards that you think you're going to get afterwards. What I mean by this, when you are in a state of loneliness, you're going to get to know yourself. And you're going to get to know yourself deeply. And that is going to start trickling in things that you're going to choose for yourself that are more aligned with what you want, with what you need. And you are making those decisions as you are in the state of loneliness. You're not making them once you escape being alone because you're still going on about your life. Like, you don't choose loneliness in your life all of a sudden pauses and you wait until what's going to happen on the other side. Your life goes on. Even if you are alone, you make the decisions that are going to serve you best in that moment and you all of a sudden have the capacity to do that because you have chosen to embrace listening to your inner needs. And your perception of life is going to change. The way you understand your connection to everything is going to shift when you are alone. I have completely changed my perception to nature, to divinity, to my womanhood, 
to gratitude, to achievement, all of these things have shifted for me in the best possible way through choosing to be alone. And in time, you will be open to new relations coming in and you will attract these instead of having to search for them. But that's in your own timing. You don't have to rush anything and you don't have to believe that all of these things are conditional on you becoming anything. Because if loneliness has taught me one thing, it is that I kept thinking that choosing growth and development was kind of like this prerequisite to getting everything that I ever wanted, believing that I was worthy of everything that I ever wanted. But I didn't realize that through that loneliness, what was actually happening was my belief in my worthiness was shifting for the better because I had very little sense of self-worth when I started that journey. And it was through that belief in myself and belief in what I could have, what I deserved, that things actually started aligning for me and, and what made sense for my life. And it wasn't, you know, through choosing to put myself through this period of, I'm not going to let anyone in. I'm going to isolate myself, barricade myself to punish myself for what I have done wrong in order to strive for better. That's not the point of loneliness. The point is that you hold compassion for yourself. Finally, through being alone for a while and seeing where you might have failed yourself before because you didn't have the knowledge that you have now, that you have been able to listen to the parts that were hurting, the parts that were just looking to be held, to given space for, to be listened to. And before I keep ranting, I wanted to conclude with this. I do think that life, sooner or later, will thrust everyone upon a period of being alone because of the very reason that I think that being alone is a needed part of being in the human experience. Because when you are alone, a lot of things are revealed to you. A lot of projections fall away, distortions about the things in our society that we have just adopted as truths, perhaps because we grew up hearing them from our parents or because they were told to us by someone that preached to care deeply about us, but they were really just in a relation dynamic that was what they could aspire to given their own life circumstances and belief systems that they were raised with. When you are alone, all of these external inputs all of a sudden are put to the test and you discover what you believe in the midst of everything that you've been told. And loneliness is strangely so beautiful. And I really do believe that you're going to come to see that when you start this journey, even if there are pitfalls throughout it and instances in which you crave something or someone to enter your reality because you can no longer bear doing it by yourself. That statement itself, quote unquote, by yourself will, in the time that's appropriate for your path, take on a new definition because it's all of a sudden not going to be you being alone. It's going to be you 
and the world that is going to open up to you. And it's going to open up differently for all of us. For me, it opened up in my faith opening up through being alone for a certain period of time. When that opened up for me, everything else followed. And I believe that it's going to look different for every single person listening to this podcast, but it will be something that you will hold on to, and it's going to be one of the most amazing and lasting discoveries that you're going to have in your experience here on Earth. And that is what I believe in. So, thank you for listening to this podcast. It was longer than I thought the episode was going to end up being, but it was the length that it needed to be for the message to come across fully. So I'm sending you all of my love and always remember to be patient with yourself because we are all on our unique paths and our timing is honestly, timing does not exist. It is all a matter of perception and what you came to this life to do for your unique path. So don't look at anybody else's. I love you. Take care. Bye. There is no right time to begin working on the parts of ourselves we may have neglected for the majority of our lives. If you're here, it is for a reason. I am so proud of you for asking the tough questions and delving into what comes of these. May you find the deepest healing and transformation on this path. Thank you.